welcome back to what is hopefully not the final What the Fuck Sunderland preview podcast of the season. Thanks to Patrick Roberts, wonderful left boot. Sunderland hit Preston this Monday with far more than just pride to play for. And hopefully we return back up the road with a richly deserved playoff place. For our opponent, Preston, the story is a little bit different. And to join me is a much-loved returning guest in the shape of Timo Werner Lookalike, an all-around good guy, Tom from the Lancashire Post. I had to get it in, mate, but uh, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Do you know what it is? It's kind of wasted me calling you a team over and look like because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> well, just go on, go on Twitter, and I'm sure it'll come up eventually. It got about fifteen thousand likes at the time. The little clip I put out of it. A few other Twitter accounts took it on as well. Yeah, everyone enjoyed the the comparison. I've had similar ones to Brad Pitt, but uh, not for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been asking opposition fans for weeks this question, like. Does it feel like your season's over? And to be honest, it's weird. Like, lo and behold, this game felt like it was going to be big for both. But, but it technically is for Preston because obviously you can't now get in the playoffs. Uh, I think there's anyone who follows the championship will know that it's not been for the want of trying. But uh, how's the mood been over Preston like the last week since you obviously you lost for want of Sheffield United and it became not possible for you to get into the playoffs? Yeah, it, mainly one of resignation. Um, it's not the first time that Preston have been in this position. I think people have been quite enjoying the last five or six weeks of, you know, they've got a chance of getting in there. Maybe this will be their year. That You know, it's been so long since North End will last in the Championship playoffs. They've been in this division for like eight or nine years now and yet to, you know, they've only once taken the chase for the playoffs to the last day. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of, more of the same it, it was just a bit of I wouldn't say despair is probably a bit strong just a, a case of yet yeah, here we are again because I mean time after time PNE sort of set themselves up to potentially get in the top six and then just kind of don't deliver I mean I speak to you before we started recording they've, they've taken a point from the last four games and you're going into those five games going off oh, we get a point here if we win there we win there and you're trying to work out where you might get the points to get to the points total that might see you in the playoffs and they just haven't delivered, unfortunately. And it's weird as well because like before those fixtures, which we'll, we'll kind of come on to those games, but before that, I specifically remember you absolutely tonking Blackpool. And I know Blackpool haven't had a good season, but that's your local rivals. If we beat our local rivals, you'd expect us to then go on like a really good run of form and potentially sneak into sixth place. It kind of didn't happen for you with that, but was that the feeling? Like when you beat Blackpool, you can be like, right, now we can kick on and now we can maybe even secure that playoff place with the momentum we have from from beating our local rivals quite convincingly. Yeah, that was sort of... It, the, the, the point really was after Reading on uh, after Easter weekend. So Blackpool was one... It was kind of a game in isolation because Preston had lost to Blackpool in, earlier on in the season. So as anyone with you know any sort of rivalry will know, you can't lose twice. So they'd lost earlier on in the season. They had to win that game. So that was very much a game in isolation. It didn't matter what the form was before it, what the form was going to be like afterwards, what the season would end up being because, you know, North End haven't got a history of getting into the playoffs. So it it became slightly less important. It was right. First things first, you have to beat Blackpool. And they did, to be fair, and they did it really well. Blackpool really poor on the day. You know, great day for all. Then it went into the um, the Easter weekend and they had QPR and Reading, two teams obviously down near the bottom. And you think if you can't beat them, you've no right to be in the playoffs. But two games back to back, QPR away, trains were a nightmare. It was a, a really difficult time to get down there on Good Friday. And then Reading quickly after, and it was a case of, right, you kind of have to win both of these games 
And then you put yourself in a decent position going into the last five games. It's almost like, you know, it was almost like going into the last lap. So you had to finish strong and then you're going into the last lap and you've got, you know, a bit of room to manoeuvre. So it was more the Reading and the, the QPR ones that were the big ones. And they won both and they did quite well. So you're going into the final five thinking they've got a decent chance here. And you, again, like I mentioned earlier, they're just kind of thinking, right, if we win here, we can afford to lose there, maybe get a draw there. And then, you know, it's only a couple of games then. But they were beaten by Millwall, which, you know, they didn't have many chances, Millwall, but they took them. Bit of slack defending from PNA, then they're battered by Swansea. Um, it were far, far better on the day. And to be fair, got themselves into the into the playoff race themselves. At the time, I think they were more mid-table. So, you know, perhaps a, a little bit of a false position considering, you know, where they've ended up. Um, PNE losing to a sort of mid-table team is not is not a great reflection, but they ended up being a part of that pack where everyone is beating everyone around the playoffs. And then probably a draw a fair result against Blackburn. Um, PNE were better in the first half, but didn't score Blackburn. Blackburn better in the second half did score and North End got a, a late equaliser and then Sheffield United is just a really poor one because you know they they they'd been on the ale all week and barely trained and then still battered North End and that's when the season's over really it's just in key moments they just kind of haven't turned up in these these final five after getting over that sort of theoretical final hurdle of uh, QPR and Reading been a bit of a weird season for Preston because obviously last time you were on, we had that discussion about like why do you draw games nil nil every week and occasionally win games one nil or occasionally lose them one nil. You had like the worst attacking um, stats or the worst goal scored, should I say, the time you last spoke. You had like the best defense in the league, but you were just drawing loads of games nil nil. And then I remember you came to the stadium light, and I know our game coincidentally was nil-nil, but I felt like if I'm, you know, both Preston fans don't mind me saying this, at that time, you looked like one of the poorer sides in the league. I think I said it was at the time the worst side that came up. Obviously, there's been one or two worst teams, but we couldn't beat you that day. We didn't have a striker. That was frustrating for us. And then you notice you start sorting the attacking stuff out, but then the defensive stuff just goes back to normal as well. That kind of start the season to completely forget about. I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, Preston might have improved a bit. And then I look at the table in your top four, and now I look at the table and you've like the season, as we said before, essentially for you lot is dead, even if you even if you win on Monday, it means nothing. It's quite hard as a fan or as a journalist or as anything to kind of look if especially the question I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to move forward to look back if that makes sense. But how do you think this season is gonna look in hindsight? So middle of the summer when you look back at it and you sort of review it as a fan, as a journalist, you know, what has this season been for Preston? Uh it's been a missed opportunity. And I'm sure there'll be many other teams in the league saying the same, but North End spent only probably one or two game weeks kind of in, in the playoffs. But to be so close and to be realistically probably a goal scorer or, you know, Ryan Locals and Maverick away from probably being in the top six, there's no one in North End's team that can create something from nothing. No one that can drop a shoulder, throw in a step over and, and put one in from, you know, 20 yards out. And that's what they've been sorely lacking. Things got better kind of after January. Tom Cannon is a is a goal scorer, which is good. Not really had enough creativity around him at times, but things started to click just before these final five games. And um, yeah, it it is another 
missed opportunity. I say another because PNE have been in this position before where they're close and just not quite taking that extra step. I don't think it's a great league this year. Um, I think, you know, by the fact that there's so many teams potentially able to get in there, I think a lot of teams will be looking back on this season similar to Preston that it is a missed opportunity. But yeah, that that's definitely the way they'll look at it because PNE have been in this league for so long and again, they're missing out on a chance to to get into that top six of just a bit of inconsistency, you know, not taking chances properly, a few errors here and there. And ultimately, that is the difference, I think. I could be wrong with this completely because your Preston authentic history is going to be far better than mine. But you talked before about how you took it to the last day one day. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that would have been under Alex Neal. Yes, the when first you... season under Alex Neal, which is when Sunderland kindly came and took Simon Grayson. <laughs> I was going to say sorry, but it's you that should be sorry for that. <laughs> um, so Alex Neal came in and, you know, I know he's a bit of a slanderous word, a bad word to say, shall we say on this. Um, I'll try and not have too much slander, but that's a long time. You know, like mm. obviously he had like a year out before he joined us and that was over a year ago now. Um I'm guessing this is maybe a difficult question to ask, but have Preston really kicked on from that season with Alex Neal? Because it seems like since he's left, you've kind of been around the same area and or worse. I don't think the issue was necessarily Alex Neal. So Alex Neal, by and large, did a good job. He he changed the style at North End. They were pressing. It was It was much more possession-based, especially when he first came in. And it was so good to watch some of the best football I've seen at North End. And then they got that seventh place and they just needed a striker. They needed a bit of investment in January and he didn't get it. And that's just the way that it's it's been all the way through at North End, especially since they've been in the Championship. They just need that tiny bit of investment that generally doesn't come. Um, I think towards the end of his time at North End, he got burnt out and it became a bit attritional and he became a bit more defensive and a bit more wary. And it was a bit of a departure from what we'd seen of Alex Neal and the best of Alex Neal, essentially. But Ryan Lowe's, you know, there was a gap between Alex Neal and Ryan Lowe. Frankie McAvoy came in, who was assistant to Alex Neal. He, he did a good job as caretaker. And to be fair, at the time, deserved to get a crack at it. Um, Ryan Lowe's come in and he, it's one of those because he picked up a mid-table side and they're a mid-table side and without investment or lightning in a bottle, where you get a few lone players that are absolute gems that no one quite could get, or a few lower league players that are the gems and they all come good at the same time. It's very difficult to stop being a mid-table tie, uh, mid-table side. So, you know, unless Ryan Lowe can work a bit of magic or or get that bit of investment, which is, you know, you kind of need both. Alex Neal worked a bit of magic, turned Ben Davies into a fantastic player who was about to leave the club you know, elevated Callum Robinson, Alan Brown to new levels, Ben Pearson, Jordan Hugel, all these players, a lot of them have now played in the Premier League. You just need that bit of investment as well. So Ryan Lowe's taken over a mid-table side and they're still mid-table. And that's because he's not had, to be fair, either of those two things yet. One thing that does sort of stick out, I remember when he came on last time, it was Troy Parrott you had up front and, and you were struggling for goals. And obviously Cannons came in and fixed that a bit. But one player I felt like every time I watched him, he was scoring goals randomly was was Chad Evans, who was mm. kind of forgotten in the grand scheme of things. He certainly wasn't when he was at Fleetwood for a long time. They went to Preston and did all right. But I think he scored the best part of like, I felt like 13 goals in about 10 games. It might not be that far off it. 
Obviously, he's left uh, out the squad at the minute because of a medical reason or they haven't gone in depth about it, but you'll know the answer to this better than I will. But if Chad Evans was fit in the form he was in, could Preston North End be at least going into this game on Monday, do you think, with the chance of playoffs? So is with the problems lying elsewhere come the end of the like the end of this season? Yeah, definitely. I think I think he because of the way he plays, he, his role is kind of so underrated at times, especially from the outside. Not not particularly from Preston fans because they see what he can do, but the way he gets himself about, the way he disrupts defenses, the way he he's able to bring others into the game. It's fantastic. It's it's like nothing else I've seen at, at this level this season. Maybe Ashley Barnes is a similar kind of disruptive force, but his he's got a spinal injury basically through you know basically repeat force of taking hits from defenders, and it got triggered kind of a he's had it before at Fleetwood, and it's it kind of come back to life after the Rotherham game. But the big thing with Ched this season is he started to add goals to his game. So he was going into games and he wasn't really looking like scoring, but you'd kind of take it because of how much he he sort of supplied to other people and how much he how much he brought others into the game. But adding goals to his game kind of took him to a next level for North End and missing out on him this back end where Troy Parrott just isn't isn't the same player, unfortunately. He's he does like to come deep, like to be a foil, but He's a little bit wasteful and he's he's not quite as, as clever as, as Ched is. So you do miss out quite a lot there. There's also Emil Reese who got 20 goals last season, who did his ACL at the turn of the year, which is a big miss. So they've had a bit of misfortune this season, but it's one of those where I'm sure other clubs have missed players. I mean, Sunderland have been without Ross Stewart for most of it, haven't they? So it's not like Preston are the only team and, and can sit and cry about it. At the moment, they're a bit down on numbers as well. Probably about half a dozen players injured key players, you know, missing the captain, missing Robbie Brady at the moment, Ben Whiteman, who's often takes the armband as well, Emil Reese, Greg Cunningham, who's played a lot of the back. There's a lot of, you know, Chad Evans as well. There's a lot of first-team regulars in there that are injured, but that's the nature of the beast. And you've, I think you've got to kind of got to prepare for that anyway. You've got to create a squad capable of, of dealing with injuries. So I don't think Preston can count, you know, can say that's necessarily the reason, but specifically with Chad, if he had been involved lately, I do think they'd certainly at least still be in it by now. Looking at sort of the fallout from the game on um, Saturday and, and the fact that you know Preston are now not going to have a chance of getting in the playoffs, I was reading some of the comments just to kind of gauge an idea of what the atmosphere was like, essentially because, well, we want to beat you on Monday. Um, <laughs> it's quite important that we do uh, to give ourselves a chance and... I got kind of kind of invested in in sort of uh, Ryan Lowe's comments. Now I don't think he's necessarily a quiet bloke. Um, far from it. I think he's quite honest. He's kind of borderline blunt, and he talked about ambition. And it kind of seemed to me like he wanted to know that he was going to be backed in the way that he could actually make an, an actual go of it and not worry about sort of not having the right players or the right sort of people to to fit the squad. And and that's always a bit of a worry. Um, a lot of that chat came from Alex Neal as we were talking about before. And, Lo and behold, he went to Stoke, I mean, which is still a bit of a weird move, but that's another conversation entirely. Um, and there's also links to him. I think I, you'll know this better now, Will, but the the chairman, I think, or someone came out and said that, you know, there will be offers for Ryan Lowe, um, which I suppose there will be. His stock is relatively high when he came. I don't think it's gone down too much since. And if he's getting frustrated with the lack of ambition, which is his comments seem to allude to, then potentially you could look at someone else in the championship and say, well, I have a crack at it with them. Where is Ryan Lowe and Preston at the moment? Am I reading too much into that? Or is there a little bit of a 
loggerhead, shall we say? I think I think he's reached a point sort of similar to a lot of other managers will have done. Billy Davies, you know, when Preston were last in the playoffs, hadn't found a similar thing. Uh, Simon Grayson was sort of fortunate that he was in the in League One and North End were big fish at that time. Alex Neal found the same thing when he was in the Championship. North End aren't a club that are going to spend loads. And I think part of what happened on Saturday, and we'll obviously hear more from Ryan tomorrow and see whether he's calmed down a bit, but I think a lot of what happened on Saturday was frustration. I think I think his main sort of focus with it was the players. I think he was disappointed with the players' attitude, maybe their application. And if he is going to get a squad together that matches his personality, that matches his drive, as he says it, He's going to need backing in a certain sense. He's, he also, I mean, I asked him directly the question, do you mean you need more backing? Is that, you know, is that what you you kind of alluded to for the summer? And he said, said he's, he feels backed. So I think it's more a case of he wants to make sure that, that everybody is on the same page, that everybody is on board and everyone is kind of driving to get into the top six and, and ultimately to get promoted. Everyone has that belief and that ambition. I think it's difficult to a point when you've got so many lone players because no matter what, the time is temporary at PNE. So, you know, they might not get in the playoffs this year, but they may well be playing in the Premier League next year anyway. So it's a sort of double-edged sword in that sense that you need these Premier League loans, but also the future is relatively secure anyway. So I think it's I think there's a lot of frustration um that that drew out these comments. Um but his position is certainly not an unfamiliar one in terms of PNE managers asking for a bit more money and even the fans agreeing with them. Looking at those games that you've had, like you just said, I think you got a last gasp draw against Blackburn. The other three games were defeats. Now, you weren't playing teams that were necessarily rubbish. Like, Sheffield mm. United, the second best team. Uh, Millwall, always a difficult team to come up against. Blackburn's not exactly an easy game either. Swansea, they've beaten us twice this season. There's accentuating circumstances. We had 10 men in the second game, but... They keep the ball well, you know, when they turn up, they're, they're a pretty good side. Um, but it's still frustrating. There's a few things we've touched on there. Um, I'm not asking you to dig any players out, but like Ryan Lowe might have done. Um, but I think looking at the last four games, you have in a way, I think as a fan would call it, shat it a little bit. From a perspective of what you've seen, what do you think the reason was for the last four games? I think, to be honest, I think they've just come up against some some good teams. I think oh, PNE uh, put themselves they're, they're in a position because you know, as I mentioned earlier, they'd just beaten QPR and Reading, and the teams they kind of come up against in in that run of form prior, you know, they'd beaten Blackpool, they'd beaten Rotherham, they'd beaten Cardiff, all teams that were down there. Drew with Watford, who obviously have been struggling. Drew, drew with Coventry, but beat Wigan. And like a lot of these teams are right down near the bottom. So a lot of PNE's points were coming up against sides that really they should have beaten. So I think they kind of got found out a little bit. Not not so much that they bottled it, I don't think. Um, I just think they came up against better teams generally on the day. Um, you know, I mean, getting humbled by Sheffield United is not new to any team in, in this league. But PNE had a very similar experience against Middlesbrough, for example, and, and those teams right up there, Burnley, they just completely schooled them. And I just don't think they're as good as these sides. I mean, even as, as much as they might pain someone around here to say, Blackburn's squad looks better on paper than 
Preston's. Millwall have been playing better than Preston this season. Swansea, you know, whilst they've been a sort of mid-table side for a lot of it, the way they played was fantastic on the day. The way they knocked it about, they just completely popped PNE off the park and there was nothing they could do about it. So I think almost if you take each game in isolation, the results weren't exactly undeserved. I just think PNE came up against some decent sides and just kind of didn't perform. It happens. It's one of those, I suppose, every team in this league will go through good good spells and bad spells. PNE's good spell came just before that, so as I mentioned earlier, just before that last lap, and then a bad spell's come on the last lap. Now, if you flip that, PNE are rising right up, and they might just make, you know, it's a very different outlook, but it's just sort of the way things have landed. I think when the season ends and things settle down, PNE will probably be in a pretty fair position. They're a pretty mid-table side who, with a couple of additions, with, you know, the they drew earlier on in the season against Wigan, Hull and Rotherham and they absolutely battered them. Even Sheffield United at home, it's as dominant a first half as I've seen from PNE, yet they went in 1-0 down because Unjai took it past two plays and smacked it in off the post. And it's those moments that you kind of look back on and go, they're missed opportunities. You had those points in and PNE are right up there. So I think they were just lacking a bit of quality in the end and they played some some good sides. Funny what you're saying. I think we're getting to that point now where obviously we've still got a chance, but you know, quite a few fair few things have to happen and we have to win no matter what. Um, but you look back at like we dropped points in the last minute against Bristol City, we lost dropped points against QBR right at the start of the season, two 0 up with three minutes to go. And I think it's so tight. There's gonna be a few teams looking back at little moments like that this mm-hmm. season because it's tight as a gnat's ass. Like, yeah. I mean, you're talking one or two points between about four different positions. And I agree with what you say with Swansea. I think our away game this season against Swansea, yes, we went in when we had no striker and we went on the greatest run of form because we were trying to adjust to not playing with a striker, which was kind of something we're getting used to, but they wanted the better side to come up against. And I think they were in really good form and we went, well, they'll be playoffs. They're starting to rise and then they just hit a, a run of form and then they've started to come back to it. But on form, like you say, they are a really good team and, like we were touching the other side before, Millwall, Sheffield United, yeah, the the way they are for a reason. Um, mm. But one thing I have noticed, I said before, yeah, I felt you were one of the poorer sides at the stadium like, when he came up. One thing I would say is that a defence was like watertight. It was difficult to get through. And I think ultimately, as much as you offered not much going forward and it wasn't pretty on the eye, we couldn't get past because it was during that time, the Randa Swansea game I've just mentioned there, where we were getting used to not playing the striker, we could create the chances, but no one was there to finish it. And your defence was doing quite well anyway. Um, you're one of the only teams we haven't scored against this season. Weirdly enough, we've managed to kind of find a way to score goals, but we had two nil-nil draws in a row with you and Blackpool. I remember specifically being impressed by your defence. Um, you've only had one clean sheet in the past nine. Why has the defence gone from so watertight to leaky-ish or, or leaky shall we say in the past sort of 10 games or so yeah it, there has been a bit of disruption um but i do think players have lost confidence so the start of the season it was if you do the back four goalkeeper and back three it's generally what you, you would kind of assume like the wing backs are kind of midfielders it was a gray area so it was woodman Story, Lindsay and Hughes. And for the first seven games, obviously seven clean sheets, they looked, you know, looked like nothing would get past them. And even in the most unlikely of circumstances, they'll somehow get a block in or Woodman make some a decent save. Um at the moment, Lindsay 
is not in the side. He's been dropped. He he seems to be struggling for confidence. Um, Andrew Hughes made a, a silly mistake against Blackburn where he's allowed Schmodix to come inside on his right foot and score. Story's had a few iffy spells. I mean, that's natural. You can't go through the season playing excellently. But Patrick, uh, Patrick Bauer's in at the moment. He's played a handful of games all season, barely got a look in. And that's because Bambo Diaby had come in and played quite well through the centre and then got himself sent off at that's, Middlesbrough. That's a name then, that terrifies me, by the way, Patrick Bauer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I was speaking about it, uh, speaking to him about it the other day, actually. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so Diaby comes in and gets his red card. And then after the Swansea game was banned for four games. So his season's over. Greg Cunningham got injured about a month or two ago and was ruled out for the season. So there's been a lot of disruption there where once these guys have kind of, their form has faltered a little bit, the regulars, those that have come in, have played well. But now they don't have the other players to call on. So once that confidence dips, they've got to play their way through bad form, which then can lead to mistakes. And, you know, and it depends as well. Players in front of them aren't playing as well. It makes it harder to, you know, harder to keep things out. So there's a, there's a lot of factors to it, really. But the defence, especially kind of post-World Cup, has been disrupted quite a lot, to be fair. You mentioned Cunningham there as well. I feel like he's been there about a decade. I'm obviously not, don't think he's been there that long, but he's not a Manchester City youngster anymore that was like on loan at Forest and stuff like that. He's now like fully experienced. And I had a feeling there might have been a bit of disruption there because it was a good defence and it wasn't just against us. It was a good defence mm. for, for quite a while. Um, so how did Preston approach the game on Monday? Because obviously it's, it's big for us and it's weird for us because I don't think we expected to be where we're at. And look, it'll be really sad if we win and don't get in the playoffs. But ultimately, when we get a look back in a few weeks, we'll go, bloody hell, we've got something to be proud of. Mm. And we've not got much to be proud of for a while. I mean, the name Patrick Bauer being a bad name for us, yeah. no offence to Patrick, but something should never have to worry about losing the League One playoff final. And we did. Um, we're happy with where we're at. But for Preston, you're going into the last game of the season with nothing to play for. I mean, how do you view it? Is it? more important that you do win because of that, because you need to bounce back? Or is it a case of like, let's just get the season done and rebuild and see where we go from, you see where we go in the summer and, and sort of regroup, sorry? I mean, for me personally, I don't really care about the game. It's not it's not one where I'm like, they need to prove themselves because they gave it a good go. You know, they fell short. They're not a team that should be in the playoffs. If they can get in there, great. If not, you know, as long as you've, you've got a good season behind you, which they generally have. Um, youth players have been kind of sprinkled in throughout the season, so I don't think it's a game where PNE should now throw all the young players in because they've not had the chance to do it all season. They've they've been in and out a little bit and around the fold. So I think it's you know I, I, to be honest, I think one of the big things is there's there's a lot of players that won't be at North End next season. A lot of players out of contract. Daniel Johnson has been at the club about nine years. His contract's up in the summer. Don't know whether he's going to sign or not. You know, he's, he's four appearances behind Bill Shankly, who's got a stand named after him and stuff like that. Like these, these are he's a big player in North End's recent history. Who might be playing his last game? Josh Onham has done well since coming in. It might be his last game. He's not got a new deal yet. Alvaro Fernandez is probably going to be Young Player of the Year. Probably isn't going to be coming back from Man United next year. Tom Cannon eight goals. Probably not going to be back next year. So it's it's one of those. It's kind of. Obviously, they do the lap of appreciation at the end, but it's almost like the 90 minutes will kind of be like that, where you can go, you know, the season's over. Hopefully, we have a good day watching the football, watching Preston win. And that's about it. I'm not one where 
if PNE choose not to play the first team, fine. If they do and they want to win, fine. It, I don't see it as like a as them going out to disrupt Sunderland or as them going out to disrupt any other team trying to get in the playoffs if they go with a weakened side. It, you know, the season's over essentially. It's inconsequential what happens from a PNE point of view. So, you know, hopefully it's a good day, a good performance, and people want, you know, can enjoy it because that's what you, you go to Deepdale for. Enjoy your 90 minutes, give people the money's worth. That's that's what it is for me. Hopefully you just roll over and just don't play well <laughs> at all. Um really quickly, I always like asking this question, and I definitely feel like it's like a really good point to ask it. Um Something I've done really well, and it feels amazing to be able to say that. Like, and we've been outstanding for what we expected. Uh, we've lost all of our strikers. Ellis Sims got recalled, was injured for most of his loan spell. Ross Stewart's been injured all season. Our captain's out for all the season. That's a massive amount of experience. Lo and behold, our player of the season, Danny Bart, gets injured and he's out. If we make the playoffs, he's been out for a few weeks now. Adji Alessi, Elliot Embleton, I could go. I could pick a team of good injured players and we've we've still got a chance at the playoffs and a, a really good chance if things go our way going into the last game of the season. It's been a bit of a surprise to us in some ways because I think we just wanted to solidify and, and be decent. And it's been a wonderful season to have, like Diallo, Roberts, all that kind of stuff. But from the outside looking in, has it been a surprise at how well something have done for you? Or is it not that surprising? Um. Yes and no. Oh, before I go into this answer as well, just be warned, North End had nothing to play for in the last game of last season. Middlesbrough could have gotten the playoffs had they won and they got beat 4-1. So, uh, just be careful. Uh, but anyway, um, oh, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no with Sunderland because I think with promotion, obviously you're on the crest of a wave and I think that can go a long way. Um, you obviously had the disruption with Alex Neal and done well to recover. I think Tony Mowbray deserves a lot of credit. He did similar things at Blackburn where he weren't expected to be up and around the playoffs and he got them up there. They've they've kind of carried that on since he left, but he helped them make that step up and he's done it again at, at Sunderland, got them right in there. Not to discredit them, I don't think it's a great league and I think there's plenty of teams that will be cursing the luck that they haven't been up there, as I mentioned earlier, and that's nothing personal to Sunderland. But I do think they play a really a really good style. The you know, goal against West Brom was really good. Um, you know, Am I surprised? Probably not, just because I think anyone with a good spell of form could get themselves in there. I think it's been a really good season for Sunderland. I think for any team to be in with a shout in the last game, I think it's a great effort, no matter if you're getting 45,000 fans or or none. Um, it's one of those, no team has a divine right to be up there. I know the size of Sunderland, but you've been in League One for a while the fact that you're not in there next season is a positive because it can be difficult to acclimatise. Um, they've taken to it really well. I think I say Mowbray's done a really good job. They've got enough to build on. Um, yeah, I, I think it's about right. I think probably mid-table is where I'd have thought they'd finish. They might still finish there, depending on how results go uh, on Monday. But yeah, about right. And I think any team that you'd see as a mid-table team could have been pushing for that top six and probably have at some point. So I think a lot of credit they deserve a lot of credit for being right in there up until the last day because that's hard to do but yeah I think it's a, a pretty decent season for Sunderland but I also um, warn against getting carried away and thinking right mm-hmm. we've been this close this year next year it should be the playoffs because it's still your first season back and obviously it took a while to get out of League One I just 
I know it's probably difficult in the northeast to, especially with what's going on, to you know advocate for patience. But I think you know the way Sunderland are going, they're going upwards, which is more than a lot of teams at the moment. Yeah, I think well, thankfully a lot of us do have patience, which is weird because normally I definitely don't myself personally. I think a few don't, <laughs> but we feel yeah, we do feel good. Um, I normally ask for a score prediction, and I'm going to um, put you at risk of all my listeners despising you by asking you something different. First and foremost, the answer I'm going to say is yes to the question because I have to be. But does Sunderland make the playoffs? No, unfortunately. Um, to be fair, a while ago I I said I thought West Brom would get in there, and I do still think they've got a chance. I'd better check who they play on the last game if I can do it quickly enough. Swansea, but I think Swansea. Oh, that's quite tough actually. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I, I just think there's too much that has to go their way. Um, obviously, Blackburn play Millwall, don't they? So there's there's a chance there if they win. Um, yeah, it's I, I'd say... so tight, man. It's like I'm yeah. just saying yes. I, I've said no for weeks, and now I'm just going in with like sheer blind confidence. But it is so tight, and there's a lot that needs to happen. I mean, they could they could well be PNE. I'm not against that. I just think there's kind of do Millwall not beat Blackburn? I don't know. Mill, uh, yeah, I suppose if Millwall draw, some of them win, they're still in, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, potentially, now I was looking at it, I did fancy West Brom, but I think they may just have a little bit too much to do. West Brom need more going for them than Sunderland. So, maybe, I, do you know what, 50-50, it's either them or Millwall, isn't it, I think? I mean, Millwall have every chance of getting a result of Blackburn, I think that's more likely. But at the same time, you can see... Blackburn turning up for a day they've barely won I think they haven't won in the last five so it'd be just like them to turn up and win so yeah possibly possibly I mean I'm convincing myself apparently <laughs> that's what I found quite funny it's like when you look at the table you go oh god anyone can go up um yeah. I'll say yes because I have to um <laughs> I don't know how confident I am with that but I'll, I'll say yes I'm going to take you you said yes as well no you said no but I think you technically <laughs> said yes um Tom I don't know whether I'll see you next season fingers crossed for our situation I don't um if I don't <laughs> it's been a pleasure I'm sure we'll stay in touch nonetheless but um yes. thanks for coming on mate appreciate it no problem at all thank you very much